Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. All right, everybody, let's do this. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge on this Monday. But I'm doing great. I had a great weekend. I hope that you did as well as we are in the month of June. There has been some debate on this show whether or not I'm going to tone it down and go back to three days a week or rev up my guests. But we do have a great show for you. I just want to remind all my listeners that you could also listen to this podcast on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, out of Newton, Georgia. And we are brought to you by... Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, and we have a new sponsor, Backwoods Barbecue, for all your barbecue catering needs. So I do have a busy show. I just want to educate my new listeners that this is about a 30-minute podcast that's dedicated to local and national sports. I'm going to talk plenty of local sports. I will get into it. I will talk about the national sports. I will also talk about this Twitter beef I've been getting in with a fan hopefully he's a fan of the show but hey when you want to have an argument back and forth with me it's just going to make my show even more popular i've had some pretty brutal trolls out there that have commented on my broadcasting but that's neither here or there right i'm going to talk about the golden state warriors evening things up with the boston celtics late last night the atlanta braves win five straight they're now a game above 500 And I've been taking a little sneak peek at the schedule, and they've got an easy schedule. They take on the Oakland Athletics for a two-game series starting Tuesday. But that series with the San Francisco Giants is a series in the weights. I'm going to get into all the regional games, as a lot of double elimination games are wrapping up today in the College World Series. We have the D3 College World Series as LaGrange College in the elimination bracket, defeats Trinity to move on to the semifinals of their side of the bracket where they have to win two games to advance to the College World Series final. And the Columbus Chattahoots had their home opener. It was a lively crowd at Historic Golden Park. I was in attendance. They are actually on the road today against the Gainesville Gold Diggers. And the Columbus Lions lose despite the effort down 41-21 to they Almost pulled it off against the Orlando Predators. All right, we're getting closer to that 400th episode, episode 391. I do not have a guest on the show. It is straight 30 minutes of my hot sports takes, and I will get into all of it because on this show, I will talk about Top Gun. I will talk about college football coaches on the hot seat, and I will talk about the Wu-Tang Clan. You don't want to miss it. It is just a show where I am just going to to give you all my hot sports takes. But first, let's talk about this Twitter beef I got in with a fan, and I don't have his name. We've been going back and forth. Uh, Pretty much, I've been a huge fan of the Late Kick podcast with Josh Pate. He paid his dues. 
growing up in Columbus, Georgia, and going up through the broadcasting ranks at WLTZ, which which I am now an employee at WLTZ, by the way. Uh, I know he would be proud. I look at him as the gold standard when it comes to paying your dues in broadcasting and going up and making it big in this industry, like we all do. Like when I was a broadcasting major at Freed Harbin University 20 years ago. I wanted to make it big in broadcasting, but I took a different path. And now 20 years later, I am back and just enjoying the ride. Well, as you know, I listened to his late kick podcast and, you know, he was asking the question, which college football teams are on upset alert? And me as bold as I can be, because, you know, I can make bold predictions on my show. I said, I think South Carolina has a really good chance to upset Georgia in Columbia, South Carolina, week three. That is not that bold of a prediction. Sometimes Georgia will have a head scratcher against South Carolina, like they did in 2019, when Kirby Smart said they just weren't prepared to play that game. It's been a long time since Georgia lost to South Carolina in Columbia. And now South Carolina has a new quarterback, Spencer Rattler. But here's where the beef started with this. I guess he's a fan of late kick with Josh Pate because he started dogging me. He started trashing me on Twitter saying, you don't know anything about college football. Okay. Let me slow your roll there, bro. I don't know anything about college football. I listen to the late kick podcast with Josh Pate on a probably a daily basis. I know some things about college football. I was born and raised in California where we don't care about college football one bit. I witnessed an entire decade of Stanford going to BCS bowl games, winning the Pac-12, and yet nobody in the South Bay cared. I witnessed the college football national championship being played at Levi Stadium, where Alabama lost to Clemson 44-16, and nobody in the area cared. Nobody cares about college football in California unless you went to the school. I've said that many times on this show. Growing up in California, I liked college football. I used to watch Stanford. I used to watch San Jose State. I used to watch Cal with Aaron Rodgers. I felt they should have went to the Rose Bowl in 2004. They got snubbed. Hear me out. I'm okay with getting in on a Twitter war with somebody because it's just going to help my ratings. So hey, you want to subscribe to my podcast, be a fan of the show? By all means, go ahead. Go ahead and do that. Look, this is not the first time that somebody's tried to bash me on Twitter because many of you know I am the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. Second game into the season, a troll. Never want to read the comments on YouTube. He pretty much came out and said, I do not know soccer. That I'm done with this announcer. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, well, hold off here. All right, I know what you're trying to do. I know you're trying to bring me down. In broadcasting, you got to have thick skin. Somebody once told me, when you're in broadcasting and you have thousands of viewers, because that's exactly what the audience is for the Rapids and the Lions, thousands of viewers that watch the broadcast on CTV Bean, you're always going to have one or two that is going to be hurtful, that's going to do everything they can to put you down to make themselves feel better. Let me tell you something that is not in my personality. I will take the high road. I will take the high road. In fact, I want to do everything I can to uplift every broadcaster in the Columbus area. I love you all. And 
if I could just get you all on my podcast. I've had other podcasters on this show as guests. I'm talking about podcasters who at one time were competing right alongside with me to be a host on a radio station. There's not jealousy. There's talent. Talent recognizes talent. Yes, I want to be in the broadcasting booth with Zach DeBozart calling a Chattahoots game. I want that more than anything else. I have no idea who that guy is that he's calling Chattahoots games with. I was a play-by-play announcer for baseball in college. That has always been a lifelong dream for me to do play-by-play for baseball. The next best thing is to do color. So I would love to just be up in the booth with Zach DeBozart, which is one of the best play-by-play announcers I've ever witnessed here in Columbus, along with Scott Miller. They are probably one and two. I would just love to do a show with Zach because you know why? Because I recognize that he is a talent. He is a rising star. So I'm going to be here on this podcast and you might not listen to my podcast, but hear me out. I appreciate all the broadcasting talent in this city, in the Chattahoochee Valley, in the region. And I would love to promote you, do whatever it takes to get you on my show. And I just love the work that everybody has been putting in. But as I have proven, it is never too late to chase your dreams. I'm 42 years old. I'm about to be 43 in August. I haven't really done broadcasting in over 20 years. I know there was a little Sunbelt team in Phoenix City in 2014. They played at Glenwood from 2014 to 2017 called the Phoenix City Crawdads. If I would have known when I moved to Columbus in 2015 that I could call their games on CTV Beam for free just to get my foot in the door, I would have done it in a heartbeat. A lot of the things five years ago when Josh Pate was still in this city, I had no idea I could be a part of. I would have loved to work with Josh Pate, Bobby Z, Thrift Behringer, Stephen Williams. I would have worked at 95.7 in a heartbeat back when they did local sports talk, but I didn't know. Sometimes you just don't know, and sometimes it's all about who you know. And I've been very blessed to know some people and I've got my foot in the door and I've been in this business for about a year now and I ain't gonna let some troll on Twitter tear me down. So there's my rant. I went on for about more than 10 minutes, but we got a show to do. The Golden State Warriors, they do get the victory over the Boston Celtics. I stayed up late to watch that game. It was a very competitive game at halftime when the Warriors were able to get the halftime lead, and then they did to the Boston Celtics what the Celtics did to the Warriors in that fourth quarter in game one. The Warriors blew them out, 35-14. to Steph Curry was on his game. Jordan Poole, 17 points off the bench. Yeah, Klay Thompson didn't have a great game, but Marcus Smart and Al Horford were not a factor. The fact that the Warriors blew the Celtics out and Jason Tatum had a great game. Jason Tatum was amazing. 28 points. Shot 50% from the field. Game three will be Wednesday night. I cannot wait for that. I'm going to have Gabe Reynolds on the show on Friday. So you don't want to miss it. We're going to talk about this NBA Finals. Well, the Atlanta Braves, they won five straight by taking it to the Colorado Rockies in Denver. A four-game sweep. They have won five in a row. They are one game above 500. And they are eight and a half back of the New York Mets, which is considered one of the best teams in Major League Baseball. 
The Atlanta Braves are just doing it with great pitching, timely hitting. Austin Riley leading the club with 14 home runs and 31 runs batted in. Ronald Acuna Jr. is back to his form. And Matt Olson. It's nice to see Matt Olson's bat come alive because a lot of Freddie Freeman fans were just hoping that this would be an upgrade. And Matt Olson gets the job done. The Braves are 28 and 27 after beating the Rockies 8 to 7 on Sunday. They will take on the Oakland Athletics at Truett's Park on Tuesday. A very rare interleague game between the other Bay Area team that I grew up disliking as a San Francisco Giants fan. And it was because of that dynasty in the late 1980s. Which begs the differ. The Oakland Athletics have always had a small market payroll. But I've said this on the show before. The movie Moneyball is the reason why general manager Billy Bean still has a job. And it would be nice to see Christian Pache back at Truett's Park. I think that Christian Pache was an up-and-coming prospect in the Atlanta Braves organization that I was sad to see him go. But Matt Olson taking on his former team. It should be a good series. I was sneak peeking at some of the upcoming series. The Pittsburgh Pirates, the Washington Nationals, then they play the Cubs, and then they play the Giants on June the 20th. But they do have a pretty easy schedule. What they got to do is they got to win these series. They got to sweep the A's. They got to do whatever it takes to get at least three from the Pirates to position themselves for a pennant race, at least for the wild card. Because right now, unless the Mets start slumping i'm not really comfortable with an eight and a half game lead i mean we're not even to the all-star break i'm just not comfortable with that college world series regionals uh, we had a lot of games to talk about auburn couldn't finish their game against ucla rain got into the forecast so they will pick things up later this afternoon against the ucla bruins they are pretty much in the driver's seat as they are in the winner's bracket they'd have to lose both games to ucla to not advance to the Super Regionals. And despite what goes on between Vanderbilt and Oregon State, if Vanderbilt beats Oregon State, Auburn's going to host the Super Regional. Georgia Tech's effort against Tennessee was not enough. Tennessee was able to win, and they win their regional. They're going to play the winner of Texas Tech in Notre Dame. Remember that Georgia Southern was the 16th seed, but they couldn't get the job done as Notre Dame wins over Texas Tech, and they will take on Tennessee in the Super Regional. You had some big games. Louisville just pounded Michigan. Stanford, the number two seed in the country. They win their elimination game. And so here's what's on tap today as we have a busy schedule. The Auburn-UCLA game will pick things up. Auburn was leading 9 to nothing. If they win that game, they will go on to the Super Regional. you got Michigan taking on Louisville in the elimination game, Oklahoma and Florida, Arizona and Ole Miss, East Carolina and Coastal Carolina. You have Southern Mississippi and LSU, Vanderbilt in Oregon State. You have North Carolina and VCU, Maryland and UConn, Arkansas and Oklahoma State, and Texas State and Stanford. As this will be the final day of regionals before we start Super Regionals, there will be 16 teams left as only eight will advance to play in Omaha for the College World Series. So we do have a College World Series going on in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's D3 College World Series. And the LaGrange Panthers are still alive after knocking off Trinity yesterday. 15-3, they beat them 
in their first game on Friday. They did lose to Eastern Connecticut State on Saturday, but they will play Eastern Connecticut State at least for one game, but they have to win two if they want to advance to the College World Series Championship. The number one seed, Marietta, is already out. So that is good news for LaGrange College. Although Eastern Connecticut State is the number two seed, they were the best team all year. I mean, they only had a couple of losses. I mean, that is going to be a tough task, but hopefully we can get Bailey Coleman as one of the starters. He was dealing on Friday. Stephen Fry had a great outing against Trinity, and hopefully Joe Ruth can get the bats going. And LaGrange College is just having this incredible storybook season, and we all know the story about the tragedy with the baseball players, but LaGrange has really been a resilient team, and I've appreciated their efforts, especially getting to the College World Series as far as they have gotten. So I've had a busy weekend Friday night. I actually was watching the Columbus Lions game on YouTube, and I had the Columbus Chattahoots on my computer. The Columbus Chattahoots were able to beat the Chocolaca Monsters 10-0. Just a great performance at that new ballpark in Oxford. Actually, it's not really new. It's a couple years old, but it's a great ballpark. And the Columbus Chattahoots were able to win the game. And then the home opener, which I went to, it was a pretty decent-sized crowd at Historic Golden Park. Columbus seemed to be in control and they were up four to one chakalaka rallied into the seventh inning and they did put up a couple more runs and they were able to win the game five to four so both teams are one and one on the season columbus will take on the gainesville gold diggers up in gainesville georgia today then they will play them on wednesday their next home game is going to be a two-game series friday and saturday night against the Gwinnett Astros. So good luck to the Columbus Chattahoots. One and one on the season, and uh, hopefully they can get some runs going. I I think that they've had a a pretty good turnout so far in their home opener. That was just such a fun time at the ballpark, as I always enjoy taking my family to see the Columbus Chattahoots. Well, the Columbus Lions effort, they were trailing to the Orlando Predators 41-21 to at halftime. Columbus off to a slow start once again, but with the starting quarterback for the Predators, Cato, coming out. And this is why it's so important to have a decent quarterback in this league because it made all the difference in the world. Columbus was able to come back. Rodney Hall with two interceptions. One was a return for a touchdown. There was also a kick six by the Lions in the game. But their efforts fell short. They were able to get a deuce. So did Orlando. Orlando was up 48-44. to The Lions had the ball with a chance to win the game. But Orlando's defense stepped up when it mattered the most. It was a must-win game. This puts Columbus now in fifth place in the National Arena League as Orlando goes to 3-3. Three and three. They move to third place. This is going to be very important for playoff seeding because right now, the Columbus Lions would be out of the playoffs if the season started today. I got to say, congratulations to Wales for beating Ukraine one mil. And Wales will now be in the group with the United States for the World Cup. So it's going to be USA, England, Iran, and Wales. All right, so which college football coaches are on the hot seat? You know, I've given this a lot of thought. This is my list of college football head coaches that I believe are going to be on the hot seat. And the first coach that comes to mind is scott frost at alabama is scott frost at nebraska three and eight yeah that was not very good last year 
but they have got to make it to a bowl game, or I believe Scott Frost is going to be out of a job. Another coach that's on the hot seat is Mike Norville at Florida State. I believe that the Seminoles have got to make it to a bowl game. Otherwise, Mike Norville is going to be out of a job. Now we get to Steve Sarkeesian at Texas because Texas went four and eight. I've seen Texas fire Tom Herman for having a much better record. I've seen Texas fire Charlie Strong. The excellence that, first of all, Texas thinks they're a top five program. They should because they have all the resources, the recruiting, the rich alumni and fan base. And now with NIL, they could just pay their players, right? But this is one of those years. It's going to be very tricky because I feel that the Longhorns got the right guy in Sark. But if they don't make it to a bowl game, I think that Sark's seat gets blazing hot. Do you think that Texas will only give them two years? Another coach that has been a great coach for an entire decade is David Shaw. When he took over the Stanford Cardinal in 2011, he led them to three straight BCS bowl games. In 2011, 2012, and 2013, including a win in the Rose Bowl in 2012. Then, in 2015, Stanford ranked third in the country after beating Iowa in the Rose Bowl. Remember that team led by Christian McCaffrey? I think Kevin Hogan was their quarterback. But the last three seasons, Stanford went 4-8, and 4-2, and 3-9. and nine. Now, I know that 2020 was a very shortened pandemic season. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 only played like six games. It was very short. Stanford has not made it to a bowl game since 2018. Now, I know David Shaw's record is 93-45. and And I know that the expectations at Stanford, it's an academic school. There's not a whole lot of expectations. There's not a cry from the fan base to get rid of David Shaw. So David Shaw, I think, here's the thing. He might have peaked. I think that Stanford, which they recruit in the top 25 every year. If you look at National Signing Day, Stanford does recruit well. Something just doesn't add up. And I think with Lincoln Riley over at USC, I think with Chip Kelly at UCLA, and who knows what Washington is going to do. Oregon is always a tough team. I just think the glory days of Stanford winning the Pac-12 is over, especially when you have the resurgence of USC. Utah is going to be good. So it got me thinking, is David Shaw, is he even on the hot seat? That's an interesting one. All right, did anybody see Top Gun over the weekend? I know I haven't. Oh, no, it's shattering box office records. And, you know, clearly this was the biggest blockbuster movie that should have came out two years ago, but the pandemic caused that not to happen. I heard some good reviews that it's a good movie. It's really a nostalgia train because, you know... All this stuff that gets redone, rebooted, and plus it has it has a Star Wars feel to it. You have returning stars, Maverick and Iceman, although he's in a different role. And you have new pilots. So it reminds me of The Force Awakens where you bring back your old Star Wars favorites, but you're introduced to new characters like Rey and Finn and Poe and BB-8. And that is what Top Gun has that has that nostalgia feel to it over the weekend was the 25 year anniversary of the wu-tang clan's second album wu-tang forever it debuted it was a double lp album it went platinum and i remember i went out and bought the cd 
a week before graduating high school. I thought this was a massive hit. Although the, their first album was a massive hit, it was very common for rap artists to release double LPs and collaborate with a bunch of other rappers. We saw that with All Eyes on Me in 1996, probably one of the greatest albums of all time. We saw that with Biggie, with his album, Life After Death. I remember I bought that CD too. That was a very thick CD. I remember going to The Warehouse or Sam Goody. I think I got it from Sam Goody. I remember when I was a senior in high school, I went and bought that as well. These double LPs, I mean, they were a hit. For Master P, eh, not so much. Uh, I think MP, The Last Dawn, not as big of a hit. He also collaborated with a lot of artists as well. That seemed to be the thing to do back in the late 90s with hip-hop. Many of you know I'm a big hip-hop and R&B fan from the early 90s. Not really too big into like the new music, although I'm trying to get hip with uh, what my daughters are listening to. They're listening to Lupe Fiasco and BTS and Billie Eilish. So yes, I know who Billie Eilish is. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners who have downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. Uh, All my guests are up in the air this week. I have no idea who my guests are going to be, although I do know that Gabe Reynolds is going to be on the show Friday. Uh, I hope that I don't have four straight shows where I'm not running a guest because I know you don't want to hear me ramble on for 30 minutes like I did to start the show with my sports rant. But I do appreciate this podcast. I do appreciate everybody that has listened. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. This is the show, and we're not going to change it. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.